Well, we have made it to game week. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's great to be here with you, and it's even better to say college football, more importantly, Big 12 football is going to be played this weekend. Oh, boy, does that feel good. And before we get it rolling, a reminder, leave us that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll throw a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail for you. So let's talk about five things that I am keeping an eye on this weekend. Number one. Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler. So uh, for the first time, of course, under Lincoln Riley, he's got his own quarterback at OU. It's not to transfer like a Baker Mayfield, a Kyler Murray, a Jalen Hurts. He's got his own guy. And while there's no doubt that uh, OU should smash Missouri State this weekend, you still want to see what Spencer Rattler is all about, right? You still want to see him be that leader on the sidelines, be that leader on the field, How comfortable is he doing it? What does he look like? Yes, against not good competition, but still, you want to see what he looks like, how comfortable he looks, and what it might mean for the rest of the season. Those are all really important things as, you know, OU tries to defend its five straight Big 12 championships. There's no doubt he's going to put up big numbers, right? I think anybody would. I mean, I think I'd have a chance at throwing for a few thousand yards in that offense. I'm just saying. Uh, It might be a little sloppy. The completion rate might be, you know, in the low to mid-40s. But I think I could get a few thousand yards in the offense under Lincoln Riley. I'm pretty confident. But I just want to see Spencer Rattler out there, starting quarterback, give him at least the first half, and away we go. I am am excited about the redshirt freshman and seeing what he can bring to the table. The other thing I'm – one of the other things I'm keeping an eye on here in uh, week one for the Big 12, which should be a bunch of blowouts, but I want to see – how Texas looks different on both sides of the ball. So Tom Herman, of course, fired both his coordinators this past offseason after, you know, going from a Big 12 championship game appearance in 2018 to 8-5 and five, uh, last fall. Mike Yersich is now his offensive coordinator. Of course, Big 12 fans know him from his time at Oklahoma State, uh, where he spent six seasons. He comes over after one year at Ohio State. So he's a familiar face to many of us in the Big 12. But the question is, How does he mold his offense with Tom Herman's run first, spread attack? Now, if you watched a lot of Oklahoma State games under Mike Yurcich, it was all about, you know, bombs down the field, right? Mason Rudolph, bread and butter, get it down. James Washington, jump balls. Is that as much uh, in conjunction with what Tom Herman wants to do and the Texas offense? I mean, remember, Tom Herman is an offensive guy, right? Whether it was Ohio State, OC, Houston, I mean, he's an offensive guy first. So he obviously has his vision on how he wants things to go and what he wants to do. And that may not stylistically work out perfectly with what Mike Yurcich has done. So that's going to be a very interesting dynamic to watch. And I know it's just week one, and I understand all that. But with that being said, uh, it's going to be something to watch in this first weekend's game uh, for Texas, where they take on UTEP on the Longhorn Network on Saturday night. Then on the other side of the ball, Chris Ash, new defensive coordinator, replaces Todd Orlando. 
formerly uh, the Rutgers head coach, worked with Herman at Ohio State. What does he bring to the table that is vastly different than Todd Orlando? I thought Todd Orlando got screwed, okay? I didn't think Todd Orlando should have been fired. I think Herman did it to basically say, I'm cleaning house, fresh slate, new start, a full reset for the program, and away we go. So I, I think that's what Herman was going for there. Instead of doing like, well, I'll, I'll move the offensive coordinator out, but I'll keep Orlando, and the next year, maybe if things also continue to spiral, I'll do uh, the defensive side of the ball. I think he knew he had to do a clean sweep once, and this is his reset, and that's it. That's not to say he's on some massive hot seat. I don't believe that he is. I don't think any coach, I mean, barring something crazy unforeseen, is going to be on, on really a hot seat because these athletic departments are just bleeding right now. I mean, the budgets are just getting decimated. To see Iowa State this week, I mean, it's it's getting ugly there for some of these teams. It's just, it's not good. So even Texas is going to be pinching pennies a little bit more than usual. But uh, still, with that being said, you know, Herman, for Texas's standards, after getting to a Big 12 title game two years ago, goes 8-5. and five. That That is uh, not acceptable there with what they're paying him, with the resources that he has, and with what the expectations are. So I want to see how these two coordinators, and Mike Yersich and, and Chris Ash, bring something different to the table this weekend uh, for the Texas Longhorns. The other thing, one of the other things I'm watching this weekend for the Big 12 in week one is West Virginia's offense. So Jarrett Dagey gets named the starting quarterback over Austin Kendall. That was the right move by Neil Brown. Dagey took over this team. They closed with a 2-1 and record. Austin Kendall got plenty of time to prove himself, and he couldn't do it. It wasn't all his fault, okay? I'll admit it was not all his fault, but I'm sorry. He had a long leash, probably longer than I would have given him, and he did not impress. He didn't get the job done. So Dagey should have been named the starter. Neil Brown did the right thing. And this team has a hell of a defense. The Sills brothers uh, are great. Darius and um, Dante Stills are great. Uh, the secondary is solid. I mean, top to bottom, it's a really good defense. Even without defensive coordinator Vic Koenig, who, of course, uh, was blown out or stepped down or whatever you want to call it this offseason, due to some allegations by uh, players, it still is going to be a very strong unit. But if this running game can't improve, and if the offense can't improve in general, uh, and that includes blocking, that includes, of course, the running game, I mean, holding on to the football at wide out, all those things. If they can't make big strides, uh, then this team's not going to improve. And they have the ability to improve. I mean, this is a West Virginia team that can sneak up on teams this fall. There's no doubt in my mind that they can do that and they can have that kind of success. But to do it, the offense has got to stay on the field. It can't be three and out. It's got to score. You know, in the Big 12, you got to score uh, probably 25 to 30 points to feel good about your chances. And that's not to say it's an offensive juggernaut league like it was five years ago. There are defenses in this conference, but I think – really in any college football game. Now, you want to get to 25 to 30 points to feel good about your chances of winning. That's just how the sport is designed. So the Mountaineers have uh, got to get things done on that side of the ball to make a solid jump in year two. Now, of the other five things I'm watching here in week one of the Big 12 season, how about this? And I hate to put it this way and be this blunt, but can Kansas win? They're playing Coastal Carolina, who they lost to last year, in the second game of the season, 12-7. to 
Now, that game was not totally uh, for naught because it resulted in Les Miles reevaluating his offense, deciding that he was going to go to Brent Dearman as his offensive coordinator. They started going to his principals in the uh, Boston College game, which KU won 48-24, and then eventually Dearman gets the promotion and the offense looked pretty good at, at points throughout the season. But if Les Miles wants us to believe that this program is taking positive steps, even if they're baby steps forward, you've got to win this game. And ideally, you've got to win it in convincing fashion. I, I mean, I know there's going to be no fans there uh, at the KU game on Saturday night. And by the way, KU's kicking off at 9 p.m. Central time on Fox Sports 1. Late kickoff, a, a really late kickoff. And somebody in the Big 12, I think, each week is going to have to take that late slot since there are no Pac-12 games. But uh, it's a late game. Try to stay up for it. And KU's just got to win it and ideally just win it by a couple of touchdowns. It shouldn't be that much to ask for. But Les Miles did say this week that, you know what, his team is going to be uh, <laughs> going to be working in both quarterbacks this weekend. So Miles Kendrick, Thomas McVitie, uh, that should be very interesting to see who ends up taking the starting job. And rounding out the five things I'm keeping a close eye on this weekend in the Big 12 Conference, Alan Bowman, Texas Tech's quarterback. I know that this is uh, Houston Baptist they're playing, and they would win that game with uh, you at quarterback, okay? They should win that game with you at quarterback. But with that being said, Alan Bowman last year did not, before he got injured in that Arizona game, did not look nearly as comfortable as he did the year prior under Cliff Kingsbury. He's going to be the starting quarterback. He deserves to be the starting quarterback. But first off, health-wise, how does he look? Moving around, uh, knocking off some rust, getting the ball downfield. The guy's an immense talent. I mean, give Cliff Kingsbury this. Alan Bowman, kind of an overlooked three-star guy out of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's got, you can make a case, the best arm or one of the best arms in the Big 12. And he's got it between the ears. But can he stay healthy? And can he stay upright? Those are questions that I have. And how is he going to look after dealing with a slew of injuries here the last year and a half to two years? I want to see that. And I know it's against a weak opponent. But guess what? Week one is all about showcasing what you got, where you are, what's happened during the offseason. And I want to see that uh, this weekend for Texas Tech quarterback Alan Bowman against Houston Baptist. That game is on ESPN+. Plus. So, That'll be certainly fun to watch. We have had three Big 12 games canceled or postponed, I should say, in week one as of this conversation. That's TCU-SMU, Baylor-Louisiana Tech, and then uh, Oklahoma State-Tulsa. The last game, Oklahoma State-Tulsa pushed to September 19th. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Coming up, much more to dive into as we roll along a week one in the Big 12. It's all coming up here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo. And now that the Big 12 season is back, that means winning season is back at MyBookie. It's such an important partnership for us. And at MyBookie, they've got the promo code you don't want to miss, doubling your first deposit by using the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, and double your first deposit now and get betting on those Big 12 games. So be sure to sign up now and get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000 at MyBookie with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. The season is here, 
So let's get these bets going. Of course, I released my picks every Friday at heartlandcollegesports.com. And then with our pals at MyBookie, you make the winning a reality. They've also got a super contest, which is picking five NFL games against the spread each week to have a chance at $100,000 guaranteed in cash prizes. So make your picks, win big, collect that cash, use our promo code BIG12, BIG12, and double your first deposit now. It's a no-brainer. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. It's week one of the college football season or the Big 12 season, but let me touch on something here quickly on the college basketball side. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. So uh, this real quick, NCAA tournament, I know nobody's thinking about it right now. But can I just say, the ACC has the worst college basketball or maybe college sports proposal in the history of college sports. That's how bad this is. So this was reported on Wednesday morning. The ACC is going to propose that every single team in Division I will make the 2021 NCAA tournament. You have got to be kidding me. According to Jeff Goodman of Stadium, there are 400, or excuse me, 346 Division I college basketball teams of the 357 overall eligible for the NCAA tournament. Seven of them are reclassifiers. Three are ineligible due to APR scores. And Oklahoma State is ineligible for the big dance. I got to be honest, if you're Oklahoma State, not a bad year to miss the big dance if it's going to be this kind of a circus act, okay? I mean, it's it'll be okay. This could be a blessing for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, honestly, because this is going to be a joke. But this was led by Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski. And supported by Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim, a couple of legends. Beheim was quoted as saying, this is a unique time and it's time to do something different. I would agree it's unique. And I would agree 2020 is a screwed up year, a year to forget, and a year that is full of bad ideas. And this one would be at the top of that list. The college basketball season is scheduled to start in... uh, Mid-November, late November right now. I mean, that could change. I get it. We're seeing things change every day. All right? We're seeing it change every single day. But are you kidding me with this? What's the point of a regular season? Why not just say, you know what we'll do? We'll start the NCAA tournament in, let's just say, late January. Every team gets in. And we play, uh, you know, make it a game a week or two games a week, uh, whatever it might be. And then you wrap up the season in early April. I just do it that way then because this is the worst idea of all time for college sports. This is the ultimate participation trophy. That's what this is. This is insane and a horrible idea, a completely horrible idea that somehow the ACC coaches are touting as like, yeah, this is something different. This is great. Let's do it. No, it's not great. And it's not a good idea. So just drop it. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe this. But this is where we are. I mean, haven't we learned? And I'm saying this as a millennial who grew up in the participation trophy generation. But haven't we realized doing more of this probably is a bad thing? You don't have to be a political savant and read the news every day to realize we have done too much of this the past generation. And it's starting to pay off in a negative way. All right. So let's just stop 
with that, please, 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 please. Oh, boy. Uh, meantime, we've got uh, college football playoff odds. Can you believe, by the way, I, I was shocked by this. Somehow, we got a situation where Oklahoma and Texas have uh, the same odds to win the college football playoff. How is that possible? Uh, with all due respect, and, and I like this Texas team. I think they can play for a Big 12 title. I don't believe that they will, uh, but I think they can. How does Texas continue to get the benefit of the doubt? I know that people love to bet them, right? It's like Notre Dame, the New York Yankees, the Texas Longhorns. Uh, people like to bet them, the Los Angeles Lakers. But honestly, how can Texas and Oklahoma have the same odds to win the college football playoff? I, it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> you know what the odds should be? If you want to give Texas the second best odds, that's fine. And ultimately, the amount of bets they're going to take on those teams obviously play a factor here, right? But I think Oklahoma State uh, should have just as good, if not better odds than Texas to win a college football playoff. I mean, I'm high on the Cowboys this year. I think that it's going to be Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State for the Big 12 title in Arlington on either December 12th or December 19th. I am buying in to Mike Gundy and the Pokes this year. I mean, if there's a year for Mike Gundy to get over that bedlam hump in not just the regular season, but more importantly, in Arlington for a Big 12 championship, why not this year? You know, why, why not this year for the Pokes? You got more coming back on defense. OU's got some key players sitting out, running back uh, Kennedy Brooks, defensive tackle Jalen Redman. They've got a redshirt freshman quarterback in uh, Spencer Rattler. You've got more experience at that position with Spencer Sanders. If there's a year for Mike Gundy to get rid of those OU demons, those Boomer Sooner demons, this is his year. And we've got to talk about the fact that there should be some pressure on Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy to at least get to that game. I know Oklahoma State is going to be right there with Texas and Iowa State uh, competing for that number two spot and maybe Oklahoma, right? Like, it's possible Oklahoma doesn't make the Big 12 championship game. You can make a case that Oklahoma State, OU, Iowa State, and Texas all finish 7-2 and two in the Big 12 in conference play, and then the tiebreakers leave OU on the outside looking in of an appearance in the Big 12 championship game. That that wouldn't shock me. I mean, like I said, OU's got some key pieces missing. They don't have their usual home field advantage, and they got a redshirt freshman quarterback. So that's not crazy to me to think that that is entirely possible uh, that it could happen here this year. No doubt in my mind. But Oklahoma State, I think Mike Gundy's got to look in the mirror and say, if not now, when? I mean, he's got his Blitnikoff finalist there and Tylen Wallace at wideout. You got the best running back in America and Chuba Hubbard. You got some help on the offensive line with guys like Josh Sills. You've got a mildly experienced quarterback in Spencer Sanders. And you got a defense that's returning nine of nine or ten guys, the starters. If not now, when? This is their best chance since 2011 to make something happen. And I remember 2011. I remember that Friday night in Ames. Iowa State, undefeated season on the line and just blowing it. I was calling games in Woodward, Oklahoma then. I was calling high school games, Friday Night Lights. I came back from our game. That game was on TV in the studio. And let's just say this. There were a lot of unhappy campers there in that studio that night. A couple of clipboards were broken. I'll put it that way, okay? 
couple of clipboards were broken because we needed this big uh, Friday night quick scores thing there in Woodward at K101 and Z92. And it was a tough night for a lot of those Oklahoma State fans when I was working down there. But this has got to be the year that we say uh, for Oklahoma State, if not now, when? Also for the Big 12, I uh, want to note this. Bob Bowlesby is cautiously optimistic, cautiously optimistic that the Big 12 will get through this season. He's not celebrating just yet. But Bowlesby did say in a conference call with the media on Monday, quote, we could find ourselves in the same situation that the Big 10 and the Pac-12 are in later in the season. I'm not prepared to have any bravado about this whatsoever. Well, okay, that's, that's fine. He shouldn't have bravado necessarily, but he can pat himself on the back for doing the right thing and at least trying to play this season. We know that there are three Big 12 games as of uh, this, this conversation right now that have been postponed in week one. TCU-SMU, uh, what else do we have? Oklahoma State and Tulsa push back. And then, of course, uh, last but not least would be the uh, Baylor game was also uh, postponed due to COVID issues, Louisiana Tech. But despite all that, they're playing, they're being smart, they're doing it the right way. These are young people who overwhelmingly have little to no chance, statistically speaking, of any serious health ramifications from COVID-19. And you know what? For a lot of them, being on campus is better for them, not just for their physical health, but their mental health, their well-being their safety, their security, all those things should come into play for a lot of these players. And you know what? The Big 12 is doing it the right way. Absolutely doing it the right way. And I commend Bob Bowlesby for doing it. Even if a bunch of games get canceled, you're doing it the right way. And for that, Bob Bowlesby does deserve a pat on the back, does deserve credit. And, uh, you know, you have some bye weeks built in, utilize them, don't force it, and away we go. So let's see how it all plays out. It's going to be a a lot of fun and very interesting to follow. And, um, of course, we'll take you through the entire season here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Coming up, let's preview week one of the Big 12 with my picks and predictions. That's all next. Well, let's dive into it with some game action getting underway this weekend and do some Big 12 football picks. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you as we finally are getting the season going. This is awesome. This is awesome. Let's start off with the Iowa State, Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette is a solid Sunbelt team that the Cyclones should not overlook. They've got a solid quarterback, two running backs uh, that are capable, experienced offensive line, ton of starters back on defense. Should be one of the top Sunbelt defenses. And sometimes, you know, Iowa State uh, not overlooks these teams, but Matt Campbell keeps the playbook tight. I expect that to happen again this weekend. Iowa State gets a comfortable victory, 31-21, to but it's Louisiana Lafayette who covers the 11.5-point spread in this game against the Cyclones after what is obviously a very, very strange offseason. Louisiana Lafayette has key players coming back, so give me Louisiana Lafayette to cover, but Iowa State to win it outright. Meantime, West Virginia taking on Eastern Kentucky. This game should not even be close. Eastern Kentucky got completely embarrassed last week. I mean, they just got absolutely smoked by Marshall 59 to nothing. So, 
West Virginia's going to win this game. I have not seen even a spread for this game anywhere, and certainly um, what I use, mybookie.ag, does not have this game posted. So it's just going to be that type of game. West Virginia should blow out Eastern Kentucky. Uh, it's just a question of by how much. Is it 30? Is it 40? Is it 50? And if Jarrett Dagey can get this offense um, off and running, feeling better about that side of the ball, going in the conference play, that's what WVU needs in this game. So give me the Mountaineers with a convincing, convincing 52-21 to 21 victory over Eastern Kentucky in this game. Meantime, we then go to Kansas State. That game hasn't moved to 11 a.m. as well. Kansas State, Arkansas State. Don't overlook Arkansas State, all right? I mean, they've uh, they've got a nice little team there. Do not overlook this program. But Skylar Thompson and the Wildcats uh, should take care of business. Now, I know the whole offensive line is brand new for K-State, but you got Skylar Thompson uh, working things out there at the quarterback position on the other side of the ball. Justin Hughes is leading the way. I want to see what that one-two punch is like at linebacker with Elijah Sullivan. Should be more uh, one of the more underrated linebacker duos possibly in the entire nation if things uh, work out well. But Kansas State needs to just build its confidence in the running game. That will help the guys up front. Last week, Arkansas State played Memphis, and the Tigers ran all over Arkansas State for 227 yards. K-State last year was fourth in the Big 12 in rushing yards per game. Get that thing going. Get it going quickly. And uh, Kansas State should take care of business, but it might be closer than some expect. Still, I'm taking K-State 31 Arkansas State, 23. So I am going to say Arkansas State, which has a game under its belt and has uh, 13 key players coming back. 13 starters, eight all Sun Belt selections from a year ago are back. They've got a game under their belts. Going game one to game two is typically a big improvement for teams. While K-State, you know, has had fall camp interrupted by COVID a couple of times, everything else. So Kansas State's going to win. The talent will, will pull away. But I see Arkansas State covering this double-digit spread at 10.5 points. So there you go on the K-State-Arkansas State game. Then we get to some of the games happening at night in the Big 12. Remember, three Big 12 games canceled um, this week due to COVID. Those games were at TCU, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. So what we've got left is we've got Oklahoma taking on Missouri State. And this game is also not on the board based on what I've seen, but uh, – Oklahoma should have no issues rolling in this game. The question is, how does Spencer Rattler look? That's what I want to see. Redshirt freshman taking things over, following those footsteps of Mayfield and Murray and Hurts. How does he look? On defense, keep an eye on LaRon Stokes. I want to see what LaRon Stokes does uh, for Oklahoma. He was the Big 12 defensive newcomer of the year in 2019. And after OU lost several key players in the middle of that defensive line, uh, the graduations of Gallimore and Overton. And now it's Stokes' turn to lead the way. You know, he's a guy who's in his last year with the program. And um, he can make himself some nice coin, go to the NFL with a big season. It all starts on a Saturday for him. So keep uh, an eye on the interior of that defensive line. And, uh, you know, Missouri State is moving on from a veteran quarterback. They got to turn over there, that position. And I just think Oklahoma should roll over Missouri State. It should not be close. I'll take the Sooners with a 49-10 victory over Missouri State uh, in this game this weekend. Then we've got Texas taking on UTEP. 
Now, once again, it's not a game that I'm all that worried about for the Longhorns uh, at all. I'm really not. Uh, This is a a Texas team that obviously is competing for a Big 12 title. They should blow out UTEP. I also don't see a spread on my bookie for this one. But here's the other thing as well. Uh, The Miners are young. Yes, they played last week. Uh, Their season has already gotten underway. But last week, they had six different players making their first career start in their win over Stephen F. Austin. And yes, it was a win, but it was Stephen F. Austin. I mean, come on. Texas, obviously, is all the talent in the world. Should have all the motivation in the world with Sam Ellinger, senior year, Tom Herman, new coordinators on both sides of the ball. Uh, Texas should steamroll UTEP in this game. And I'm looking at a final here of 49-13. to Longhorns prevail over UTEP. Then we've got Texas Tech taking on Houston Baptist. So Alan Bowman, once again, this should be an easy victory. Uh, Houston Baptist, I mean, they've never played a Power 5 team. Uh, this is this is their first game in program history against a Power 5 opponent. So Texas Tech should roll the victory. But you want to see how Alan Bowman looks, right? I, I want to see after that shoulder injury last year, how's his health, how's his mobility, uh, can he get the ball down the field? I want to see that confidence back for Alan Bowman. To me, that's what this game should be about for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, building back the confidence of Bowman. And then also all the new graduate transfers for the Red Raiders. Uh, most notably, you know, safety Eric Monroe, who came over from LSU. Uh, it looks like Colin Schuler, who is coming in from Arizona, is going to be seeing the field right away. He's listed as a starter this week. I mean, this is a guy who is the FBS's active leader in tackles for a loss with 46 in his career. So he's starting this weekend. So, I mean, you know, it's not like, hey, come in and uh, learn the system for a couple of months. You're starting Saturday, buddy. Let's see what you got. So Houston Baptist does have uh, some talent back on both sides of the ball. They went 5-7 and seven last year. Bailey Zippy's their quarterback who can sling it around a bit, but the defense stinks. So Texas Tech should roll 56-21 to 21 over Houston Baptist on Saturday. And last but not least, Coastal Carolina at KU. And the spread for this game is only seven points. Not a big spread. And I didn't think I'd do it, but I'm going to do it. I am picking Coastal Carolina to cover the seven points and KU to eke out a victory. KU lost to Coastal last year. Coastal Carolina um, has six players who are preseason all Sunbelt accolades on both sides of the ball. Guys on the defensive line, uh, running backs. I mean, they actually have some pretty good talent coming back. KU lost this game last year. And uh, now they don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Les Miles said he could play both guys, Miles Kendrick and Thomas McVitie. So that does not give me a lot of confidence. There's a lot of new faces. And uh, it's just, it concerns the heck out of me. So there you have it. The picks against the spread for the Big 12 opening weekend. And appreciate you guys as always. Thanks for supporting our partners at mybookie.ag. The promo code Big 12 gets you a 100% sign-up bonus. That's big one too. That helps us tremendously. And also leave that rating and review. I've got a free koozie for you. If you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate all you guys are doing. Enjoy the games this weekend. And we'll talk to you soon.